The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. How are things at Meringue Bakery? You know, it's been a slow start for sure, and it's been kind of an awkward beginning for us. Um, yeah. We we started with pre-orders only back in March, and that was going really well. Um, in the middle, we had our, you know, when you have a new place, you have a new POS system. There was extreme delays in the company that we had our POS system from because of COVID, um, and nobody's fault, just it is what it is. And so in the middle, we changed POS systems. So we finally figured that out and that feels good now. And then with this new surge, we just decided to just halt and take two week, uh, two week step back where we were just gonna reset um, a lot of things just to reset our staff's um, like personal distancing standards, you know, just to try to tighten it up our worlds right now with everything that's going on. Um, so we are, with all that said, we are officially opening this coming Tuesday at 7.30 in the morning, and it's legit at this point. We've got regular hours, we've got our full cafe menu, um, and it's pre-orders, and you can walk in and place orders and get from the case too. So we're getting there. Tuesday, July 7th, Meringue Bakery is officially opening its doors for regular business. Please wear a mask, stay socially distanced, keep this business open, or I might have to come to your house and explain (laughs) to you about personal responsibility and uh you know i i gosh i am so glad to hear that you are able now to uh to fling the doors open and have a regular business yes and you know what it's not without some missteps along the way for example we started filling our cases for one week um about three weeks ago and right away we noticed like people were crowding at the cases and so in, in our time off, we have developed a new flow system. We've got those little, what do you call them, those little sanctions or those little brigades up. Oh, we've sure. Got, we've got the, the plastic shields now. We've got the dots on the floor. I mean, we're trying to do everything <laughs> the way that it should be done. Uh, but all those things take time, you know? Well, I get it. Punches. I totally get it. And, in fact, you have to do those kinds of things because no one was using their common sense. They were jamming right? up close to there the case yep. to see if your if your meringue thing, your whatever it is that they're looking at, is there more than one? Because if there isn't, I got to elbow this old lady out of the way so that I can <laughs> I can buy the last one or whatever it is. That, I know. That's yes. that's the trouble when you op- when you are a world class baker and you open a store. Uh, you should expect to be pounded by everybody who wants a little of that. Well, we're going to try to be smarter this next well, round, right? And I will, I will uh, wait for the – well, I, I don't get off the air until – what time are you going to open? What are your hours going to be? So it will be Monday – or sorry, we're closed Mondays, Tuesday through Saturday, 730 to 3. Ah. And then Sundays, it will be 8 till 1. 730 to 3. Tuesday through Saturday, and Sunday, 8 to 1. Yes. And by the way, thank you so much for offering so many delights that people might want to buy and consume on Sunday. Right? You know? I know. 
right? You want to enjoy your desserts with your family on Sunday. Yeah. And have to be fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Because I, I stopped in on Saturday and bought some, some dessert for a Saturday night dinner and some fun things to eat on Sunday. And I got up Sunday and there weren't any fun things. They had been consumed. Oh, no. Well, it was me. But, <laughs> you, you come know. in on Sundays and we'll keep you covered. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate that. And, well, and speaking of early, you're open early breakfast time because you're not just going to do cakes and yeah. muffins and sweet things, are you? No, you know what? One of the beautiful things about, um, it's my staff, really. It's not, it's probably not, has nothing to do with me. I have some <laughs> really great people that work for me. And we have the ability to make homemade croissants here. Um, and we're making quiches from a pastry chef's perspective. So we're approaching the quiche feeling like it's a custard filling. So it's really smooth and creamy. And we, so we can do these things. And so we have a breakfast and lunch menu or brunch in the middle. And we have things like quiches, um, croissant sandwiches. We have the egg souffle um, patty that we're putting in croissant sandwiches or fresh challah bread. Um, so we have, you know what, the menu's not huge for the savory stuff, but what we do have, it's spot on and it's delicious. Well, and it shouldn't be huge, should it? I mean, you don't want to, no. you don't want to offer 30 different things because then you got to make 30 different things. Right. And yeah. keep them we, fresh. We, we're always going to be dessert focused, but I definitely, oh, there goes the phone. I'm at the bakery right now. Um, <laughs> we have, um, I, I always wanted to to do nice savory things but keep it simple right right all right so mm-hmm. uh, by the way i i hope <laughs> i hope the person on the phone is doesn't say i just heard jen on the air may i talk to her for a minute right <laughs> i want to place an order this. yeah no no I, <laughs> I get it i just heard you on the radio are you yeah live oh sorry click i get mm-hmm. that sometimes too uh, all right so just for me because i know you know where i'm gonna go when we start talking about desserts, and by the way, thanks for sharing a number of these fun fun desserts. Uh, uh, share what do you think will be uh, project the uh, favorite savory breakfast thing item on your menu beginning Tuesday? I honestly, I hope it's the the croissant egg souffle sandwich. Um, so this egg souffle patty, it's delicious. It's eggs blended with um, heavy cream and fresh thyme. Lots of salt and pepper in there. Um, it's really rich, and when we and then we roast tomatoes and we do a Dijonese um, sauce on there, and it's just a great like go grab and go fast, um, get out the door, got to get your breakfast on before work type of sandwich. Yeah, but um, it doesn't even sound like one that that would be gobbled. There are plenty of breakfast sandwiches that you just kind of eat in the car. You've got three minutes before you get where you're going, so you gobble it, you you swallow it, you gobble it, you swallow it. This, an egg souffle sandwich does not sound like a gobble and go kind of thing. Yeah, I guess you savor it, right? Savor it slowly. <laughs> I would. Okay. All right. Do you have the, do you have the, most of these recipes I know you have memorized. Can you share that one with right. us before we take our first break? Oh, the souffle? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'll go grab it. All right. All right. Well, I know you didn't send me that one. But you got my let's taste buds. You got my taste buds everybody going. Everybody should know this. Yeah. All right. All right so, let's do this. All right. Or do you have to leave and go get it and come back? Are you going to commercial? Uh, you want me to? You know what? I Yes. Go to commercial. Have the binder. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I love this because I can't see you, so I don't know whether you're pointing. I got to go over there, Mike. All right. So Jen, Jen Barney is our guest on Cooley Region Cooks. We are kind of half Zooming. 
I don't know what that is, but uh, we'll take care of some business, and we'll be right back. Put it in a creepy go. I'm not sure that our guest will get into Chinese tea, but if there was anyone who was going to push the envelope of delicious, it would be our guest on Cooley Region Cooks, Jen Barney. I don't know. I don't know. Where are we going? Uh, uh, we're Cooley Region Cooking, 1021 on Lacrosse Talk on WIZM, zooming it to our Facebook page. I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one in the blue shirt. Jen is... The one over there on the other side, behind the curtain. Behind, yeah, we're having we're having video problems. Behind at least the, the voice is on. Yeah, we're absolutely, doing. absolutely. All right, so share your uh, recipe for the uh, uh, breakfast sandwich. That sounded yep. really so good. This is going to be made by the quarter sheet pan. So you're going to make a little extra. Um, one of the great things about this egg souffle recipe is that it can be made in bulk, and it's great for entertaining. And you can make Ooh. it ahead of time. And it'll hold for probably a good four days. So, okay. Um, and I do apologize. I didn't prepare myself because this is on the fly. So I have this and some things are in grams. And that's I do apologize. O- that's okay. I got okay, a con- so need- I have a converter thing in my kitchen, so I'm good to go. Okay. So you need 18 large eggs. Okay. And you need two cups of cream. Oh, actually, I, I know this one off the top of my head. So we don't have to worry about grams. Okay. Okay. You need 18 eggs, your two cups of heavy cream, one teaspoon of pepper, one and a half tablespoons of fresh thyme chopped up, and then salt the taste. We're doing about two to two teaspoons in there. So we do blend this in a blender because you want it to be very custardy. And one of the things that we've learned because we did multiple rounds on this is that when you pour this into a pan, um, so we're using a cake pan that has a little bit higher sides. Like what you would put in a quarter sheet cake pan. That oh. one of those guys. All right. A cake pan, not a jelly roll pan. Don't use a jelly roll pan. Okay. And you want to put a large amount of parchment in. And you you have to use a lot of parchment, um, <laughs> probably like a half sheet size of parchment. So get get your parchment out. Okay. Cut it. Press it in because you don't want any of the egg batter to seep out of the parchment. Does that oh. make sense? It does. Yeah. Because if, if that happens, it gets under it. And it's, and then you have like, it, they're not nice patties. It's still going to taste good, but you're not going to get a nice full patty. Oh, okay. So, um, water bath it in the oven. So you want to, you want to cook it gently and it's not the end of the world if you don't have the water bath, but I would recommend it. Um, and then maybe cover it if you can with another pan, just so you're not getting direct heat on those eggs. Um, 300 degrees. And it's probably going to take a good 20 minutes. You're waiting for the middle to set up like jello. Like, so it's a little bit firmer. Okay. Okay. Take it out, let it cool, chop it into patties, put it on a sandwich, warm it up. It's delicious. Oh, man. All right, so that is the egg souffle thing that goes on in in between a croissant that you cut in half? Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just yep. I'm picturing this. All right, you're making it with roasted tomatoes. You make your own croissants too, don't you? We do from scratch, yep. Man, and that is only having tried it one time myself. That is really, and you could have a whole TV series on how to make the best croissants. Because if you, oh, they are very difficult to make, I learned, which is why I buy them from you instead. Wow. Is there a trick? For the croissants? Yeah. Um, I think. I think just practice makes perfect. And I think one of the frustrating things about croissants is sometimes you don't know that you messed up until 
you bake them off because they'll, they'll leak the butter if you don't do the folds right. <laughs> it's very tedious. Watch a lot of YouTube videos because it's a very visual. For me, I would never be able to learn how to do a croissant from a cookbook. It's a very visual thing. Okay. And for me, I probably wouldn't learn how to do it unless someone was standing right next to me saying, nope, 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 nope. Oh, there, that's perfect. Okay, wait, right. a little bit a little bit more, another little pinch. Oh, okay, that's good. Hey, a funny story about me is when I was in culinary school, um, I almost failed the laminated doughs course, which is where you learned croissants, because I was sick the day that they taught how to do the folds. Oh. And then I, I could never pick it up after that. I think I just lost, I don't know. I mean, I know the teacher even stayed with me behind and like tried to, to teach me after class one day, but... You know, we have um, a wonderful pastry chef named Jill Peterson, and she's the one making the croissants at the bakery. We're very lucky to have her. Well, I will bow in uh, in awe when I see her because uh, I'm coming over on Monday. Unless the uh, line is out the door. Tuesday. Tuesday. I mean, on Tuesday, right? Yeah, well, I'll come over on Monday, and then I'll realize, God, dummy, they're not open until <laughs> right? tomorrow. So then I'll just walk mm-hmm. back. God knows I can use the exercise. I will come in on Tuesday for sure and uh, – and be absolutely amazed. All right, so since I can't see your stack of recipes, I don't want to pick the next one. We have uh, we got to take another break in about four minutes. What can we cook in four minutes? Um, let's start with the breakfast fruit bars. Huh. So we started selling these. They're probably one of our best sellers at the bakery right now. And you know what it is? I just wanted to do something really easy for the 4th of July because people don't want finicky desserts on 4th of July. They sure. want something just sweet and comforting. Yep. And this is a fruit bar, but it... It's good enough that it could be, um, it's meant for breakfast, but it's good enough that it could be meant for dinner, for dessert. And, um, okay, let's just go with it. So okay. um, this will yield 16 bars, and it's two cups of rolled oats, four ounces of whole wheat flour, four ounces of all-purpose flour. You can interchange those out if you want, all whole wheat, all-purpose, pur- all doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, 6.5 ounces of brown sugar, two tablespoons of flax, half a teaspoon of salt, six ounces of melted butter and four cups of fruit compote. And I don't care what you use for the fruit compote. It just needs to be like fruity, compote, jammy, freezer jammy, something in that territory. All right. So good. I have two questions, two questions before we get to the method. The uh, fruit compote could in fact be grandma's homemade raspberry preserves. It can be. I'm just asking. Uh, And, and flax, what's the difference between flax and flax seed? So I'm using ground flax, which okay. from what I understand, the body process is a lot better. If you leave it in the seed, it doesn't, your body doesn't break it down. Okay. So we use ground flax. Okay. So, but it's the same stuff, just different consistency, right? Yep. Yep. All right. You don't have to put it in. I just think it's, we're making these a little healthier. Oh, is that it? <laughs> yep. yep. So we're trying. Be, oh, well, and I'm the reason, partly the reason I ask is because I have a ground flax seed, which apparently is two tablespoons of flax but not being in the industry you said flax and i thought man i don't have any flax i got ground flax seed oh wait yeah, use that ground flax seed same yeah. thing same thing all right good deal all right now the method we've got all the ingredients now what so easy take all those dried ingredients the mm-hmm. oats the flour the sugar the flax the salt put them in a bowl melt your butter and then stream your butter in i use a fork i just toss everything together until the butter kind of puts everything makes everything stick together got it take about 70 percent of that mixture pat it down onto a um this will do a quarter this will do a quarter sheet pan worth that makes sense 
Sure. And then pat it down. You don't need to do any, like, you don't need to prepare the pan. Just get it in there without any butter or pan spray. Just keep it simple. And then from there, you spread out the jam over that. And then you take that amount that you reserve, that, what is it, like 30% of that dough, crumble it on the top, get it into the oven, 350 degrees. And you want to wait until the middle starts bubbling so that you see that jam start bubbling, and then you pull it from the oven. Okay. Approximately how much time? before it starts to bubble. When should I go look? At the bakery, we do larger pans than this. We do full sheets. And I think it probably takes probably 30 minutes. Okay. But honestly, it's, if you pull it too soon, it's not the end of the world. If you use a thicker jam to start with, you probably don't need as much time. So if, if I'm using a, a, a loose compote, I would probably want to keep it in there for the full 30 minutes. So okay. Just looking for it to brown and for it to boil. All right. Well, I and I keep in mind in recipes like this one, Somebody said this to me a long time ago. If you're looking, it ain't cooking. So stop right. looking every five. Every time you open the oven door, you let out 400 degrees. Right. You close the oven door, and then you got to add three more minutes because it takes two minutes to get back up to 400 degrees, and then Absolutely. you're and then you're cooking, and then it ends up being dry and crummy, and it's totally your fault, and you end up blaming the person who gave you the <laughs> recipe when you did it wrong in the first place. Right. All right. Tell you what. I have to, uh, I'm going to take a break, check in with the uh, folks over in the News and Information Center, and I'll be back. Can you hang around for another half hour? I'd be so happy to. Oh, good. Since that's the arrangement we made, I'm glad that part works. All right, cool. We are Cooley Region Cooking with Jen Barney, who's opening Meringue Bakery officially next Tuesday at 7.30. Social distancing and be careful. She'll have plenty for everybody. We'll be right back. Right now is Cooley Region Cooks, and my guest from Meringue Bakery, the soon-to-be most popular business in downtown La Crosse. Right across the street from one of my other favorites is uh, Rose Jewelers. Jen Barney, hey, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a ton. All right, so... You know what? I'm so well, I'm not bored, but it's just nice to talk to people now, isn't it? It's <laughs> nice to see you, even though you can't see me. It is nice to see you. Well, and I do appreciate that, and I am going to come over. Well, not on Monday because you're closed. Don't forget, you're closed on Monday, but Tuesday. on on Tuesday you'll be open, and I am going to come over on Tuesday and buy something. I don't know what will be left because I'm sure there will be a rush, but uh, but I'll come over on Tuesday, and we'll get to see each other face to face for the first time in. Way too long. Mm-hmm. It's sad. All right, let's make a yogurt tart. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about this tart. On a positive note, let's talk about this pos- this um, beautiful yogurt tart. Yes. So um, I made this for the first time several years ago. I still dream about it, and I it's perfect <laughs> for this time of year because it's not something that you usually make in the winter. This is this. So two two different steps here. You got to make your crust, and then you got to make this yogurt filling, and it's really similar to like a custardy type filling. On the tart shell, it's so easy, guys. One and a quarter cups all-purpose flour, half a teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons brown sugar, half a cup of almond flour, eight tablespoons of room temperature butter. So you take a paddle attachment, you just blend all this together. It's going to make a paste. Okay. Eight. Ta- I uh, got a question. Isn't eight tablespoons is a stick, isn't it? A whole stick? Yeah. Hey. You're right. Yep. Okay. Just making sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Yep. So you take all this, you pat it into whatever container you want to cook it in. So I'm going to use a tart shell and this will make a large tart shell, like around eight or nine inches. Okay. Um, 
pat it in, you want to get it all the way up to the sides. So it's your, you got to get this into the oven. You got to pre-bake it until it turns golden brown. It's your call if you want to put baking beans in it or not. That would be like a pro tip, put baking beans in it. But you know what? If you don't do it, it's not the end of the world. At the end of the day, we just got to make this tart. We just do it no matter what. Okay. I have a, I got another question here because I've been told sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Would you, if you don't have baking beans, which is a way to keep the, the, uh, the flour, the tart thing from sticking to the pan, right? What if I... It's a... Do I just can I spray the the uh, the tart pan with Pam or butter or is that a bad thing? I would like to clarify. So when we do baking beans, it's not so it doesn't stick to the pan. It's so that the sides stay upright in the baking process because it helps. Otherwise, if you didn't put baking beans in and you wanted your tart shell to like actually be a shell with sides on it, yeah, the the sides would slump when they warm up in the oven. Oh. Uh, so that's so the baking beans are just there just to press up and keep it nice and solid. All and, right. And well, that's right. that's good for me to know. I thought they were to keep the stuff from sticking to the bottom. Nope. Yep. And I and I put a piece of parchment in between the beans and the, and the tart shell because you don't want the beans to bake into your. Crust. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, I'll don't bet. I need those yep. beans back. Anybody who's got a tart with a bean in it, don't throw it away. Get, bring it back. Don't spit the beans out when you eat it. <laughs> oh, right? that's funny. Oh yeah. Okay, so you're going to bake it, let it cool. You got this beautiful shell that you're going to work with. From here, you're going to want to prepare your filling. So we've got three large eggs, vanilla, one teaspoon of vanilla. And then we need one and a half cups, preferably a full fat yogurt. But honestly, sometimes it's really hard to find full fat yogurt at the store, um, especially ones that are just plain. Um, so just find whatever yogurt you can find. Whatever yogurt you like, a Greek yogurt, a reduced fat yogurt, Greek yogurt, just put it in there. All right. Or don't overthink it. But plain. 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 Well, you could do you could do flavored. It's just gonna that's what it's gonna taste like then. Okay. Um, so mix her up, right? Yep. And uh, um, you know what? This one doesn't call for sugar. Let's add a little bit of sugar. I'm gonna I'm winging this. So I'm gonna say let's add like a quarter cup of sugar to it. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna put that back into your tart shell at 300 degrees. Um, get it back in the oven and let it cook until it's kind of like jiggly in the center, like jello, like it's just set up. Sure. Um, and then pull it from the oven. So this is the fun part because this almost reminds me of a cheesecake in a way. Um, and in the summer months, it's just so beautiful to put fresh berries on this, drizzle it with honey, um, nuts taste divine on this. Uh, I think at this point, you just make it your own. It's delicious. I'm sure. Are you kidding? I'm trying not to drool all over the place because I'm the one who's on camera here. <laughs> Man, that's that does sound delicious. Tell me about the uh, bonus points. Make a cooked egg barrier between the yeah, crust yeah, and the yeah. filling. What's that all about? Yeah. So in baking, we try to preserve the crust and keep it crunchy as long as possible. And we can do this a couple different ways, especially with tarts. If you're baking a custard into a tart shell, you can take some yolk and some a little bit of salt. And um, after the, the tart comes out of the oven and it's still hot, that shell, yep. you want to brush this yolk on all the surfaces of the tart shell, put it back in the oven, not for very long, maybe a minute or two. You're just looking to create a shield from the custard filling. Mm. So at this point, um, this would help like if you want to make this a day in advance. It just helps because after that custard sits in there, it's going to seep into that crust and it's going to get soggy after a little bit. So if you if you know you're doing this a day in advance or even two days in advance, this will help you. Well, that's way better than my method, which was to just overcook it a bunch and it'll stay crunchy. It'll it'll stay yeah, crunchy. It doesn't work. 
Don't let anybody look at the bottom. Don't let anyone look at the bottom. <laughs> no, I did that by accident. What can I tell you? Just throw more fruit on it. Nobody will know. <laughs> well, and and in this case, that would work. In my case, it's generally toss a little more cheese on there. Put some more sauce on top. No one will know what it is. That My dad taught me that a long time ago. Uh, at the beginning here, honey, don't tell anybody what you're making for dinner till it comes out of the oven. Then take a look at it, and if it looks like what it's supposed yes. to be, then tell everybody what it is. Otherwise, yes. cover it with more sauce, cover it with more cheese, yes. and I'll bet you've done that with pies. Uh, you know, like a, a, a all that, that are not supposed to be all cracked and look like the surface of the moon on top. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I would do it with pies. I've done it with chocolate cake, and then at that uh, point, you just call it a decadence because a decadence means everything. If somebody calls something a decadence, it probably means it didn't turn out okay. What you supposed to? Right. Well, yeah. see, then you slather on more dark chocolate frosting, yeah. uh, raise the price by fifty cents, and nobody knows that the cake's all cracky underneath this big thick slather of dark chocolate, whatever you got going. Right. That sounds yes. yummy. Hey, speaking of uh, chocolate and marshmallows, I went camping with some friends a couple of weeks ago and made pudgy pies. Ever done that? As a kid, we used to have one of those um, those iron presses. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I made a bunch of savory. My dad was famous for making savory pudgy pies, and then one for each of the kids, and then he would get out the adult sweet uh, ingredients and make a pudgy pie uh, for adults, that would have amaretto in them or maybe a little Kahlua. Oh, yeah. He made sweet pudgy pies that had many of the same ingredients as your kids' pudgy pies with uh, with various flavorings. So he creamed a mint. Hold the phone. So he, how was he putting the alcohol? And everybody needs to know. How are you doing this? Just blend it into the whatever. Uh, the you know, Yeah. Well, and it wouldn't be – he wouldn't – he would only make a pudgy pie – for a kid who only wanted white bread and a slather of peanut butter and a slather of jelly, cook that and call it a pudgy pie for that kid right there who's only five and doesn't know his way around his tongue. Uh, but if you were an adult, yes. you were not allowed to call. I'll just have a white bread, peanut butter and jelly pudgy pie, Vince. No, sorry, <laughs> that doesn't work. He would make it and sprinkle it. So whatever was going to be the crust Sometimes it was a, a croissant crust or a biscuit, and he would put half a biscuit in one half, half a biscuit in the other half, and then drizzle whatever it was going to be uh, into. So it would be a, a cream de menthe or Kahlua mm. or, or amaretto would just be drizzled into the crust, then the ingredients, then slap it together, then put it in the fire. And then try not to drool all over the place when you were eating them because, man, they were so good. You know what would be, I was just thinking about would be good as a variation with um, if you put marshmallows in a pudgy pie and huh? then with the creme de menthe and chocolate. Ooh. That would be delicious. There you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can make all kinds of ice cream, dr- I mean uh, Christmas drinks in a pudgy pie in July around the campfire. And uh, I, I remember as when we were little kids – that we would always, and my nephews, ask Grandpa, my dad, to make pudgy pies in the fireplace. Because <laughs> we're not even camping. It's just, it's the middle of winter. Hey, Grandpa, will you make pudgy pies? 
I don't have a fire. We're, we're right there in the fireplace. Sure, you can do that. So we did pretend camping, you know, in January. I love that. 50 below outside. Yeah, pretty crazy. All right, I got to take another quick quick break. Stand by. It's about 12, 11 minutes before 11 o'clock. My guest is Jen Barney from Meringue Bakery, which will open officially next Tuesday after the 4th of July holiday. How do you tell people? Because I know the address. Nobody will know. Oh, 405 South 7th Street, whatever. How do you tell people where you are? So we're at 313 Main Street, but it's right across the street from Touch of Class and by Verve Bank. Uh, we were, we were, if you knew where Addy Cakes was, we're in that space. Okay. In the Addy Cake space, across mm-hmm. the street, across the street from what's across the street? Touch of Class. Touch of Class. Okay. So now, we're, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I know where Touch of Class is. Turn around when you're looking, when you're there standing you on the sidewalk looking at Touch of Class, do a 180. And, oh, there it is. Do you have your sign up and everything? No, we will very soon, though. I would say it's the next month. There's just, you know what, delays on my end, but then also delays with, like, the city of La Crosse and the sign company. COVID slows things. Oh, sure, I get it. May I suggest your most artistic individual, whoever is going to write the menu on the chalkboard, give them a magic marker and a white piece of cardboard and say, Write Meringue Bakery on this, and we'll duct tape it to the window until yes, the sign yes. comes. Just in case. Yes, you're right. We need to do that. You're just, right. Just thinking ahead here. All right. A little business, and we'll be right back. with. Hey, can we do the char- chocolate marshmallows? That's what got me thinking about pudgy yeah. pies. All right. Yeah, let's do that next. All right. We'll be right back. Cooley Region Cooks. Someone's in the kitchen with Michael. That would be uh, my good friend, longtime friend, Jen Barney from Meringue Bakery, who is a world class. And I have, do you have the uh, trophies in in the bakery, on, dis- on a shelf in the bakery, on display? We do have a couple of trophies. And I did, I was able to um, get some nice photographs up on the wall. Yeah, okay. Some of the cool things that we've done. Right, good. Because uh, you shouldn't talk like that. Yeah, we have the trophies. I'm kind of embarrassed that I won the World Baking Championship two times. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I'm a world-class baker. Whatever. Nobody's got nothing on me. I'll kill you in the kitchen. I'm embarrassed. You shouldn't talk like that. Come on. Otherwise, I'm going to have to stand in front of the store and wave your flag all day long. The lady in here knows her stuff. Get in here and buy something. I'm Wait. actually more interested in talking to you about these marshmallows. Let's segue. Let's let's segue into the marshmallows. Done. Chocolate um, marshmallows. Make me a chocolate yes. marshmallow. Yeah. So these are these are just so good, you guys. And it's actually incredibly simple. Um, you do have to have a candy thermometer or something that's going to register heat on here. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. So okay. Sure you got that to start. Okay. So um, you have a half a cup. I'm sorry, one and a half cups of sugar half a cup of water, one cup of corn syrup, a quarter teaspoon of salt, three tablespoons of gelatin, uh, half a cup of water, half a cup of cocoa, and some powdered sugar. You're going to want to dust it at the end. Okay, so first thing you're going to want to do, you're going to take your three tablespoons of gelatin and your cold water, and you probably want a KitchenAid stand mixer for this. You can do it by hand. It's just, it's a a long process. Takes a long time. 
this one. Sure. So in the KitchenAid bowl, you're going to bloom that gelatin and that water together, um, and then you walk away from it. And while you're doing that, um, you take a saucepan, and you take your sugar, your water, your corn syrup, your salt. And you want to make sure the sides of the pan are, um, they don't have like sand or sandy, like crusty sugar crystals on the, out, on the outside of it. You want to brush it down with water. Basically, you want the edges to be nice and clean. It's an important step. Don't skip it. So from there, put it on some heat, high heat. You want to keep cooking it. Uh, that sugar is going to start to boil, and you're going to cook it till it hits 250 degrees. That's a very important number. Um, if you overcook it, you got to start over. If you undercook it, it's going to be your marshmallows are going to be like swampy. And All right, and I want to I want to jump in here in a minute because you corrected me once a while ago, and it was very important when you say 250. You don't mean 247 or 254. You mean okay. 250 degrees, don't you? Uh, you get a free pass between maybe like 246 and 252. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, does that make you know? But don't yeah. don't play don't you're you're playing with fire. Right. Well, and it's it's Stay not away. like a yep. roast that uh, that you look at and you see. Okay. Well. it's it's almost ready. I'll leave it in the oven till it's ready. No, no, no. Take it out of the oven because it's going to continue cooking. Uh, this uh, making marshmallows doesn't work like that. No, nope, it does not. All right, all right. Just want to okay, make so sure, you got clarify. You've got your beautiful hot pan of boiling water. Yep. You're going to go to your KitchenAid mixer. It's going to have a whisk attachment on it. And remember, you still have your gelatin in the whisk in the bowl. Uh -huh. So you just turn the whisk on and start streaming in your, um, your really hot syrup. Just be real careful because you don't want to spit hot syrup up at your face all right and do that you have to do that slow well slowly so you don't spill it but slowly, yeah. is, and that hot syrup is going to melt all of that gelatin that's in that bowl okay and you're going to keep uh whipping it oh you know what i forgot at this point add your half a cup of cocoa oh sure to the mixer. okay so you just let this whip and you let it whip for probably a good 10 minutes it's going to look like a marshmallow fluffy it's going to be beautiful um, you're going to need to prepare a, a sheet pan and we're probably going to do um, like a quarter sheet to it, like a nine by nine pan. You're going to want to dust it with powdered sugar, maybe even some cocoa, like a mixture. Mm -hmm. um, dust it liberally because if, if the marshmallow is going to be sticky and if it hits that pan, it's going to want to stick to it. Um, <laughs> honestly, you just take the marshmallow when it's ready, when it's nice and fluffy, you pour it into your sheet, your prepared sheet pan with that dusting and you're ready to go. And it's probably going to take a good 12 hours to set up. And then, you, so you walk away, you come back, and it's Marshmallow City. It's so good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is that. But they don't look like regular, uh, whatever they, what are those called? Stay puff marshmallows. These are kind of freeform shaped marshmallows, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll cut them up. We usually do squares. That seems to be the easiest with sure. any waste. Honestly, though, um, once you try these, you, you, you won't go back. They're so good. Well, you'll and never buy a, a, a marshmallow from a store again. They're, they are, is there such a thing as simple but finicky? Because you, there are a few steps where you have to be careful, but it's not a difficult step. You're just not willy-nilly throwing stuff in a pot, stir it for a while, dump it in a pan, toss it in the oven, wait, a few, you know, whatever time, set the timer, come back, they're done. There's a little no. more to it than that, but it's not difficult. Don't be overwhelmed by it. it. Watch a YouTube video. It's simple. And you know what's great about these? They last for, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't push it more than a month. <laughs> Honestly, you could probably put them in your, they're going to last forever. I'm you, not joking. You cracked me up. Maybe they last that long at uh, at the Barney House or at Meringue Bakery because you just made a million of them. I made a pan of these with the help of a friend of mine who knows how to bake and I don't. 
and the pan was not maybe it was 11 by 13 or it was it was bigger than 8 by 10 it was bigger than a piece of paper uh, and how long well these will last a long time bahaha they were i think they were around for maybe 72 hours probably not the whole weekend make them on friday and on Sunday night, hey, you want to put a marshmallow in my lunch for dessert tomorrow? I'd love to, but uh, no. No, they're right. gone. They, they don't last very long because you are absolutely right. And you brought those. Maybe you don't remember. You brought these chocolate marshmallows back way back a million years ago when we used to do Coolie Region Cooks face-to-face. You brought some of those into this studio, and I snagged one before they were gone. And they are breathtakingly delicious. Aren't they? You will never eat another Stay Puft marshmallow again ever in your life, ever, if you eat one of these. They're that, that good. So good. Hey, uh, have a wonderful, we're going to be out of time here in half a minute. So have a... Happy 4th of July. Yeah, doggone it. I'm sorry I couldn't see your face, but I will come and look for you next Tuesday, 7.30 in the morning. Meringue Bakery opens Right across the street from, who are you across the street from? Touch of Class. Right across the street from Touch of Class. Go there, buy something, you'll love it. Have a great weekend, Jen. Thank you very much. It is 11 o'clock right now on WIZM Lacrosse.